Cassius are middle age. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look what it says in uh, verse 9. Uh, this is the Bible. Remember this. The Bible is always true. It is always the truth. And here the truth says two are better than one. And it goes on and explains how that plays. But the truth is, the Bible says two are better than one. Two are better than one. The Lord likes unity. He loves agreement. Agreement is the place of power. Anytime you can get an agreement with somebody about truth, you will go there. You will go to where you agree with somebody about truth. Now, I know we'd all like to just take our own counsel, and we'd like to just do it our way. And it's true that a lot of times, if you want anything done right, you got to do it yourself. Did I get an amen out of that? You're just like, ah, it's just going to take me all day to get them to understand what I'm talking about. Let me just go do it in, a, in, a, in an hour and be done with it. But that's not how the kingdom works. So I wrote down here that everything in life is measured by your connections and your partners. And here's the fact. Here's the truth. You cannot go further than who you are joined to. Uh, that seems like a limitation. That seems like something that would be a negative. But it just means you got to choose somebody that's got everything you got plus some. When me and Deborah Ann got married, and that's been, you know, not very long ago, everything I am, nothing got taken away. But in fact, everything she is got added to me. I'm better. I, I, wasn't, made, I wasn't made to live by myself. And then I'm trusting that everything she is, I got added to her. And it's better. Now, I'm not talking about single people and getting married and what everybody else is supposed to do. But I will say everybody's supposed to be joined to somebody. you got to find someone that, that you can join yourself to. Everybody in my life, everybody, bar none, without exception, at every juncture of my connection with anybody, I'm either ministering to them or receiving ministry from them. I'm in constant transaction. Even when we're just sitting around a fire and yucking it up and, you know, drinking a Coca-Cola or an ice cream, you know, peach pie, cobbler, whatever, there is, there's a behind the scenes, there's a, a between the lines where things are being said and things are being transmitted in the spirit. There's always a flow. Can you say that about your own life? That's what you have to have. There is no idle time. There is no time where we just have it to fritter off. You, everything has got to be on the, on a, uh, have an increase in your life. There's got to be a flow into your life. And like the Dead Sea doesn't have, there's got to be a flow out of your life. You will not have good success until you develop something where you flow into other people. You have to flow. It's stagnant. It's, it's, it's nasty if it doesn't flow. You have to have a flow. So even if you're single, which is not, not bad at any measure. Paul t talked extensively about being single being such a good thing. Uh, but you got to have a flow. And so I'm talking to water walkers this morning when I tell you, you cannot go further than who you're connected to. And everybody's connected to somebody. Even loosely, we're connected. We're all looking for someone. No one likes to be alone. Those are strange people that like to be alone, that don't want anybody around. You are not right. You're not complete. I mean, you may cope with it. You may say, well, I think I'm pretty good. Yeah, I think I'm doing all right. I'm happy and all that. But you just hadn't seen the potential. You hadn't seen what the Lord has for you. Two is better than one. Amen. So, well, why do I know that? Well, it takes faith to get with two. I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, you'd rather be this, that, and the other by yourself and not involve other people, but it's always better because you get a flow out. Well, when you get a flow out, that leaves a dearth, a, a void that God wants to fill with new stuff. But if you're always keeping your own counsel and you're not asking and you're not looking and bless God, I think it's good enough for me, you're just limited. It's not you're not a bad person. You're going to heaven, but you're, you're limited. You're little. I know little people. And all of them are little because they keep their own counsel and they don't let anybody in. They're smarter than everybody and they don't need it from anybody. And they're mad at the government, mad at the everybody, especially the church. Somebody hurt them. Well, yeah, everybody's got some a memory of an experience of somebody hurting them. Everybody's been disappointed by a Christian. We just got to get over it because we've disappointed somebody. I know I have, and there's a bunch of people that probably are that I don't even know about. So here he says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor, their labor. 
For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. Woe unto him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Last week we looked at that, 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 that the thought of that is, is that it's harder for him to get up. But here he says, he implies some people never get up. They never recover from falling. And we're not talking about tripping over the, the extension cord. We're talking about falling in life emotionally. Uh, you, you've gone through a divorce. You go through an abortion. You go through a, a, a difficult friendship that, that collapses. Uh, you get fired at work and you had to go without a job for a while. That's the falling that it's talking about. Someone greatly disappoints you. They say they love you. It's a family member. And suddenly you do something they didn't like and suddenly they're just they disappear. That's falling. And if you don't have someone to pick you up, you will stay down a long, long time. And I say that there's people that go out of this life and never recover from falling. They were down when they went out of this world. And it's sad. They're sad people. And I told you that you hear them on TV saying, well, this gunman killed my son or my son was a uh, was a in the military. I saw this one the other day and uh, he was uh, killed. He was uh, 18 years old and he died of a flesh eating bacteria in a military hospital in California. And she said, I will never get over it. Well, she couldn't have been 40 because he was 18. And never get over it. Now, what does that mean? What is, what is never get over it? It means you're just a, a part of a person. And you need someone that says, honey, we're going to get over this. I've gone through that. I, I've lost someone very, very, very precious to me. And I had to get over it. The Lord told me on the third day, grieve not as those that have no hope. That's First Thessalonians. Grieve not as those that have no hope. And I straightened my little self up. I pulled myself up because the Lord talked to me. And then my good friend Eric West came over and said, he just told me some things. I had somebody in place that could lift me up, but I could have been down for the rest. Do you know how many pastors leave the ministry every day? It's like 15,000 a week in the United States. It's, it's, a, it's a staggering amount. I could have been one of them. But I had somebody in my life. You need somebody in your life. You, you just because you're going to fall. It doesn't say if they fall. That says when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up again. If two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall stand withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. It's powerful. It's powerful to have it in your life. But almost everybody I know use it as a as a defensive factor in their life. If somebody comes and initiates a friendship or initiates something, then I will consider them. Hardly ever does anybody say, I will arise, get in faith about having a connection, a, a partner in my life, someone, I will show myself friendly, I will show myself uh, aggressive in relationships, and I will find someone. Uh, uh, I have for years, it's been a real uh, desire of my life, is for ministers to connect with ministers. Ministers are the most backward people I know. They are. They don't know what to do with their people, to have relationship with them. They're, they're very competitive between ministers because the common thing that people say to a minister is, how many are you running? It's like, it's like asking, it, are you fat or are you ugly or, are, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that says, I'm going to measure you by your answer. I never tell them. Less than a thousand <laughs> or something. I never, because it's not a measure of anything. How many kids do you have? Oh, I'm sorry to hear it. It's just, it's not valid. It's not like, well, what, what, what kind of car do you have? How many cars do you have? You got stocks? Well, what does that have to do with anything? What does that got to do with anything? It's nothing, so I never answer it. It's, it's uh, a matter of fact, I kind of get around those people. But I'm aggressively pursuing relationship with ministers. And you know what? I am the least of the least. Of all my friends, we have, we have the smallest congregation, all of them. But I'm as powerful as anybody. I know as much as anybody. This doesn't measure me uh, at all. Because we're, we're rolling through. Nobody wants to talk about a still 
when it came out of a video. You don't know what happened up to that particular still photo, and you don't know what happened after. you got to see the whole video. Why would I want to tell anybody, this is my life, this photo right here? It's not. Don't let anybody define you. The Word defines us. And so, the, but the Bible says, I need somebody. So, well, if they come, they'll come, and if they don't, they don't. No, that's not how people are. Everybody loves it when somebody says, come over and eat supper with me. Or let's go eat lunch. Let's go drink coffee. Everybody, can I have a better amen? We like that. We like for someone to come to us and say, hey, how about? We love that. It just, it springs up in us. We write it on the calendar. We never forget those. We never say, oh, I forgot that. No, we are on it. But most people don't do it. I have family that, that, uh, that never returned. They never reciprocated an invitation. They've been asked out by several families in their church, and uh, they, they always go, and they're always thrilled. I'll ask her and say, how'd that go? Oh, it was great. It was wonderful. And uh, a year later, I said, well, did y'all, did y'all ever ask them out? No, don't guess we did. It dies. Do y'all know what I just said? It dies. You have to have a little response. I'm using just a narrow thing here, but it, re- it applies to everybody. I have ministers, and I ask them out, and I say, come over to my house, and I'll cook. We'll cook. We'll go and do. We'll, we'll play cards. We'll do everything. And it just ministers to them, but some of them have never, ever, ever asked me to their house. So I just asked the Lord about it, and he said, don't stop anything. You're ministering out. You don't need them to minister back in. I'll send you somebody that will minister to you, but you minister out. This is your flow. They need you. I, have, I had a pastor in West Texas, and uh, uh, <laughs> he was a, he'd only been in the ministry 11 months more than me. When I started ministering, there wasn't pastors. There wasn't, these kind of churches did not exist. Virtually, we got in on the ground floor of it. And uh, great man of God, just powerful, has 20, maybe 3,000 members now. And he's, uh, he's great, but he, he couldn't go on vacation. We had to ask him to go on vacation with us because they, they were just, relationally, they were just, and I helped him. Now, I was the little guy, and he was the big guy, but still, he needed relationship, and I ministered to him even though I was a little guy. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you think, well, they are powerful, and they got money, and they got everything, and they, but they don't have friends, and they need you. I'm telling the truth here. I've seen this, I watch it, I study this all the time. Turn with me to John 10.10. We're just going to go back over scriptures we've already looked at. And we're going to run this until we get it. It's not enough to be exposed to a doctrine. You have to master a doctrine. We talk about money every week. Did I get a better amen than that? We talk about money every week. And you know what? I've been criticized by the best for that. I've taken it from the best, but they don't have a church that is adept at giving and happy about it as I do. River Church is happy to give, and we've never had, not long anyway, I somehow got rid of them, that gave big. (laughs) Uh, We had a couple one time that we, we were teaching glory school on Wednesday night. I mean, we were having a video glory school, and, uh, I don't know if I can tell this or not. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell it and <laughs> repent later. And they, they said, uh, we called some friends in Tulsa, and they said, this teacher is not good. She's not right. She's weird. Well, it was a word of faith teacher, and so this wasn't worth the glory school was Pat King. She wasn't, you know, it, it was good. It helped me. It was helping all of us. And so uh, this person said, well, you know, we give a lot of money every month, and if you don't stop that, well, we're leaving. And so uh, me and Debbie said, well, don't let that door hurt you on the way out. Don't, you know, be sure and get out of it when it swings back through. Cause, and they were gone. And, you know, we were just still as fun, We were just as funded the next month as we were that month. It just came another way, another day. I'm telling you, I moved from Texas to Alabama with no job, nobody coming, no, no nothing on $3,000. And I had a $560 car payment. And... Uh, and had an $1,100 house payment after we came here. And I never, never ran out of money. It is, I couldn't tell you. 
when we started, let me just get off the subject here, but uh, when we uh, uh, moved to 69 South, we had a $4,000 mortgage in Coker. Four grand. I don't know if y'all knew that, but it was a bunch every month. And then we had a $3,500 rent payment down here, $7,500 going out the month, door every month. And uh, we, we tried to rent it, and it wouldn't rent. It didn't rent and everything, and we never ran out of money. We never, we never were late to anybody anywhere. I'm telling you, I, this water walk, and once you've walked on the water, you won't listen to people that says, you know, that's impossible. That cannot be done. I, it's too late. We're out there. The waves are whooshing here and whooshing there, and we're just walking. And once you've walked on the water, you are invincible. You go, what's this trouble about? Well, I don't know. It's the, it could be the devil. It could be the curse. It could be the flesh. It could be uh, sowing and reaping. I don't know why you're going through troubles, but it doesn't matter. Whip it. Dominate it. Get on top of it. Quit whining, crying, carrying on. We don't want to hear your story about what you're going through. We want to hear about what Jesus told you to whip it and get on top of it and walk on the water. I mean, we'll listen so we can get you straight. I don't mean that we're not compassionate, but, but your story is played a hundred times to all of us. We, we all have had that story. There's a devil everywhere. Do you all know? And so we all know. We know what you're going through in a sense, and we've all been through it. But that's not the talking about the problems. Not whatever you talk about always gets bigger. Y'all write that down after church. Whatever I talk about gets bigger. Whatever you think about and whatever you talk about gets bigger. So if you talk about your problem, <laughs> it's not going away soon. But if you talk about God being big and devil being little, troubles being temporal, fleeting, and passing away, that's what you got to talk about. <laughs> this light affliction I'm going through, stage four cancer, ah, I'm talking to you now. Stage four cancer, ah, fleeting. Passing away, temporary. If you don't, we're going to bury you. And we don't bury people in this church. No more. We're going to ask you to leave before you die. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, if you don't get in faith, if you don't get in faith, that was bad. John, John 10, 10. Well, the thief, the thief, the thief. You know the devil. The thief cometh not. Why does the devil come? Why does he come? Well, he comes and he does a lot of things, but why does he come? Jesus explained it. He says he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And we talked last week about how that word destroy is not annihilate you. Uh, it means to make you useless. The word destroy means to make impotent, useless, unfruitful. That's what it means. So he's come to steal, to kill, and to make useless. But then the Lord said, I have come that they might have life, the Zoe God kind of life, and they, they might have it so much that it actually overflows onto others. You're, you're so blessed that you're a blessing. He, Jesus said, that's why I've come. Now, he, little side subject here. He did not come to save us from our sins, but he couldn't give us life without saving us from our sins. Sometimes we make that the destination. Well, he came for that. But I know a lot of people that got born again that are saved that don't have life. They're, 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 they're in the way of anything. Matter of fact, let's find us some sinners that are happier and more <laughs> easier to get along with than these, these, these backslid Christians that are griping about preachers and griping about America and griping about the church. And find you some sinners that just keep their mouth shut. That are, they're, they're the better people. So it's not that we got our sins saved, uh, uh, redeemed, but that was a part of the process. That's on the way to life and life to overflow. you got to get your sins dealt with because you can't get to life without it. But that's not the end of anything. And you know, most churches, let me just chronicle it this morning. Most churches this morning in this city, that is the whole end of it. That is the destination. We're going to get you born again, and then we're going to put you wherever you want to be and forget about you because we're going to go out here and get somebody else born again. That is noble, and we should do that, and that's right. But you've got to make a provision to get life into these people. Now that they're saved, you've got to fill them up. That They're going to heaven, and heaven's going to be wonderful, but they're going to have hell on earth. It's not good without Jesus on earth. 
And that's why I'm just, I'm adamant about being a water walker. We got to be <laughs> out of the boat and walking on the water. So uh, I wrote this down. Success is not measured by the glory of your best day. You want to talk to some people and they'll tell you about their great day 10 years ago. Or, you know, I say, are you, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Oh, yes. Back in 72, I got the Holy Ghost. Well, what about it now? Well, back in 72, I got the Holy Ghost. Well, what's happening now? Back in 72. Well, you know, it, it's got to have something now. Something's working now. Your life, your success is not measured by an event or an experience in a former day. Your life is actually measured by this, how you handled your most challenging day. Because lots of people have lots of junk coming into them. But how did you handle it? When Jesus said to, uh, walking on the water, said to uh, Peter, Peter said, if that, if, that, if that be thou, Lord, bid me come. And of course, he, the Lord, it was him. <laughs> he had to say, come. And so he said, come. But the, 11, the other 11 boys didn't get out of the boat. That was a bad day for them. Because we could have had the whole tribe walking on the water. Wouldn't that have been glory? Instead, they looked and waited till Peter, having no support, didn't have a friend in the boat. Now, get my point here about two is better than one. There's the Lord Jesus over there, and he's coming towards him. But if any of the 11 had got in the, in the water with him, on the water, Peter wouldn't have sank. They'd have held hands or whatever, and they, it would have been a different story. But the word says that he's by himself, and he fell. He, uh, he saw the winds boisterous. You need somebody when the winds are boisterous, or the waves, whatever it says, the waves, boisterous, wind, winds and waves. You need somebody in those times. And that, so we all disparage Peter and say, oh, bless his heart, he didn't, he didn't last. But the truth is, he was out of the boat, but he had nobody. Wasn't his fault he didn't have anybody. He got out of the boat. But where was Matthew? Where was Luke? Or not Luke. Uh, where were the other 11? They wanted to see how it was done. You can't wait. You got to go out there by faith and get somebody, grab their hands and say, let's agree. God loves it when we agree. So much so that agreement has, is the place of power. When you can agree with someone, when me and Deborah Ann agree with, with each other, we're done. We're done. It happened. But if you're by yourself and you say, I claim this, and you're by yourself, you don't know if you're done. Because your mind is back and forth. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You don't know if you're done. Because the devil's going to show you the, the, the thing. He's going to show you some waves boisterous, winds boisterous. He guarantee it's the next part of the, the film. Get out of the boat. Well, what comes next? Well, here comes the waves. And all of us have seen those waves. And we're by ourselves. If we don't have someone to go in and, and to agree with us, I want you to agree with me that you and me are going to get out of the boat and we're going to go to the Lord Jesus. We're going to walk on this water because he's walking on the water. And he said in John, he says, uh, 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 the works I do shall ye do and greater works because I go to the Father. So everything he's doing, we can do. I said, everything he did, as he is, so are we in this world. And so, come on, Matthew, come on. Uh, John, come on. Get out, Thaddeus, get out, uh, Thomas, get out of the boat, and let's go to the Lord Jesus together. Let's agree. Nope. Couldn't do it, wouldn't do it. You need somebody. The pastor's a good one. But, you, you know, he's, he's, he, he's not your, I can't be everybody's best friend. You know, you, it's, that's not how it works. It can work, and it will work, and that's how you get to where it'll work, but that's not the end of how it works. You know how it works. Uh, so success is not measured by the glory of your best day, but how you, how, but how, you uh, uh, how you met the challenge of your goriest day, from glory to glory. What'd you do? Did you just cry? Did you lose it? Did you go do something crazy? Did you eat the whole refrigerator? Did you, what did you do on your hardest day? Did you leave the church? Lots of people just say, if that's the way God's going to treat me, 
I'm out of here. But the principle in here says get somebody to agree with you and you won't have a bad day. You'll get through it. Well, we don't want to. We, that's details. We don't want to do that. We just want God to do it my way. And he doesn't do it my way. He does it his way. You go, well, that's kind of picky, isn't it? I, that's his business. That's his business. My business is to read it and say yes. Amen. So, uh, here's the key. How you handle your worst day. We have a little saying at our house, and you should say it, that today is my least day. Today's the least day. Well, this is a bad day. Well, it is our least day. We will never have a day worse than today, ever. And you just got to plant your flag. You just got to put it in there and say, this, this is the end of that. This is the end of that. Uh, I won't tell that. Every day you're on the line. Every day. A car can come through a red light. You didn't expect that. You weren't looking for that. T-bone you. Or you can say, yesterday was my least day, so that, can't be, that cannot happen to me. Uh, one time I went to the shrimp basket, and I ate, uh, I ate their finest. And I've never been sicker in my life. Matter of fact, I, I, I suffered a hernia because I, I threw up so hard. It was, it was the most trying, one of the most trying decisions. But I did plant my flag and say, that was my least day. This will never happen again. And so we, that's what you got to do. You have to survive every day. And you and I decide what level surviving is. Some people is that they didn't die. But I have a little higher level or a bar for surviving. It's not that I didn't die. It's that I, I never ran out of money. That's one of mine. I never get, I'm not going to have stage anything. I am stage zero <laughs> in every category. You, you, have to, you have to have some standards or some, some foundations in your life that says, we're not going past that. And if you wait until it comes and then you try to push it back, it's already there. So you have to establish some things in your life that says, bless God, this is the least day I'm having in this area, in this area, in this area. Then when it begins to sniff around, it begins to come up, and it looks like something's coming, you rise up right then and say, it's not going to happen. So you know what that means, getting off the subject a little bit, is that you have to have a word time. And when you read the word and it challenges you, you have to make some declarations. You have to respond to the word. Y'all say amen. You, so if you don't have word time, then you're just, you're just going from candle cane. You're opening up green beans for supper. You're putting, down, you're putting the dog out, and then you're going to bed, and you're getting up in the morning. You, you're throwing yourself in the shower. You're eating breakfast, and out the door you go, and it's just a repeat, a repeat, a repeat. you got to have some time where you just sit down and say, me and Jesus are going to talk about his word. He's going to talk to me through that, and then I'm going to talk to him what I'm going to do about what he said. you got to have prayer time. Prayer time is, the, he's a very present help in time of trouble, but he's a very present help. <laughs> you don't have to wait for trouble. Trouble is out there, and trouble will try to come. But I'm telling you, angels lifting your feet up lest you dash your foot against stone is real cool. 10,000 at your right hand, they will not come nigh thee. You got to have that. You got to put that in so it can't get in the outer door. You can't bear, you and I can't bear him coming into the bedroom with us, into the, into the, we cannot, he cannot get that close because then we lose it. We, we, we're, we're fragile. We, we, uh, you can't hardly say Jesus is my healer with stage four cancer and you've never said it before. It's too late. You got to have somebody that says, I can whip stage four anything. And they got to come in alongside and, and they got to battle. But what would be better is if that you just establish that thing at the beginning. And then if you sniffle or if you cough or you sneeze, you rise up and say, no, 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 not having any of it. So that's 14 miles out. He, he's not even in the room with you. But you stopped it. He's detouring and going over to Aunt Nelda's house. 
Oh, this is good. I'm going to get the tape myself. Hallelujah. So you have to survive the worst because your life is measured by what you do when the challenge comes. The worst challenge of your life, you are measured by that. Not the good days, but the worst days. And I've been through some stuff. Anybody in here been through some stuff? And sometimes we didn't do good through our stuff. We wallered it and we carried on. And a year later, it's still dogging us and still, you know, we're still dealing with it. And the doctor said, and we don't have enough money for that. And, you know, just your life. If you summed it up, they said, how's your life? And you'd have to tell them all this a year later. That'd be pitiful for a Christian. Our testimony ought to be yesterday. Yesterday came, today I'm good. I'm telling you how to walk on the water. Hallelujah. So then also you got to learn from your past. I'm telling you, when I got that hernia, when I lost, I, I still got issues uh, that are, uh, that from, from throwing up that hard. I, it took me a year later till I figured out, how come stuff's not right down here? So, and then I remembered. Uh, I, that was a low point in my life. That, some people stage four is their low point. I got a hernia from eating unsanctified shrimp or something. I, I must have flew through that prairie. Lord, we bless this food. Goodbye. Pass the salt, would you? Pass the sugar, please. Something didn't happen. I pray differently now over my meals. I learned from that. <laughs> we no more fly-by prayers. We're going we're gonna to fix this before it fixes me. Uh, yes, ma'am. So, uh, and here's my point. Back to my point. Steal, kill, and destroy is real. He only has one agenda and he only has you to work it on. He is not playing around. He's not get back to you on Thursday. He is on it every day. He's looking for a crack, a little opening, a little place. He's looking like he can run through that thing. you got to get up every day. Now, it's not a big deal because we just maintain. We put our armor on, and it fits, and it works. In Matthew chapter 13, we don't... <sighs> This series could go 12 weeks and never get out of the introduction. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just comes out different every time. But we've got to live this. And, and the point is, the point here, there's lots of things that are the point, but the point here is, is you need somebody to go arm in arm. I'm not talking about somebody that says, well, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I'm not talking about having somebody that doesn't resist you that says, yeah, that's good. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're happy with your little prayer and your little word. You know, I, I agree, whatever. I'm talking about somebody that can, that can physically lay hands on you and someone that can grab you and say, we agree that God's word is working now. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Someone you call and says, I just, I need you. I have some friends like that, besides, you know, being married, of course. But I got lots of family that that's not the case. Family's not the answer. <laughs> How they know you too good. Oh, yeah, right. I remember back in 82 when you did this, and then look at what you did after that. So that's not who you're getting. That's not who you need. You need somebody. I'm not talking about your wife or husband. I'm talking about you need somebody. Well, that, then that starts earlier. You got, you got to ask them over. You go, this is crazy. This is carnal. But really, you got to have them over for supper. You got to have them over. And maybe you play cards with them. Maybe, and you just become, you become close. And the Lord does it. But you activate it. I activate it. I activate it. And sometimes it doesn't do a thing for me. I've had friends over to play cards, and, and we just had them two weeks ago, and they still don't know the rules. And, and, and we go around, and, you know, I play my card, they play their card, they play their card, and it's back to them. <gasps> Is it my turn already? And yeah, 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 okay. And then they work, work, work through it, and then, then, then we all run through again. Is it my turn already? That is, that is arduous for me. This is far from fun. Just know if you come to my house. Remember the rules, and, and remember, it's always your turn. It's always your turn. My point here is not to make fun of people, but to say, I'm ministering to them. I'm getting past stuff to make friends with them because they need me. Many times I need them. I'm not saying it's always me, but, but I'm giving. And sometimes you just got to find someone who says, I'm going to be your friend, even though I don't really care that much for you but you need me. And then it works the other way where 
Me and Pastor Eric West, we went through a little time where, where it, it wasn't that good. I've known him since we moved to Birmingham. We moved in 1996, and I met him in a Leroy Thompson meeting. And we've been fast friends since then, but it was not, it was a little rocky at times. So you just, so what you got to do is you just can't be offended. I'm telling y'all how this works for me. And maybe you can take a tip out of that because it wasn't like, okay, that's where you're going to be. Well, we're done. You can't throw away relationships. They take years to, to, to come to pass. And, uh, if you're going to get offended over a friend or over your pastor, why would you get offended at the pastor? I'm not asking y'all that, but lots of people do. Lots of people don't like the delivery boy, but it's just this. This is, take it up with him. Take it up with him. I'm just the way I am, and I deliver the way I do, and I'm doing better all the time. All the time I'm doing better and want to do better yet. But sometimes it doesn't come out right. Sometimes, you know, I say what I said a while ago about we ask you to leave before we. <laughs> That's crazy. That's not right, you know, but you all understand me. And, and so, but don't get mad at the delivery boy. Don't get offended because you need me. And I need you. And I need some other people. And so I'm doing everything to keep them in my life. I'm not going to, I will not get offended. I'll go, that was junk. That was mess. That was wrong. That's, I hope, you know, then you just work through it and say, ah, ah. I need them. I need them. And the truth is, you do. We need people. Where was it? Matthew 13. We, we got to do this and get, get through. Here's one. Uh, we're talking about living exponential, living an exponential life. Two is better. It gives you an exponential life. And here's an example of that. It says in verse uh, 13. No, not 13. Uh, 8. Verse 8. But other fell onto good ground and brought forth fruit. Now, this is all talking about seed. The seed was all the same. Some a hundredfold. Some 60-fold, some 30-fold. Now, what is that? Why do some seed, all the same seed, some don't bear as much as others? It's because two is better than one. It's because there's keys that you can work in your life where you can get more out of something than somebody else or another time. You need to know there's an exponential life for you. Look, look in chapter 19, since we're right there. Let's look, at, and we'll quit here. Verse 29, and everyone that hath forsaken houses, verse 29 of chapter 19, the Lord Jesus, he says, and everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake, for my name's sake. How many of y'all said I've forsaken some things, had to give up family that says we're not going that way. We don't like that that." Pentecostal life. We don't like that spirit. We don't like what you do. We don't agree. We, uh, my father told me one time, he said, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I just know you don't have to believe all that extra stuff that you believe. Well, he was wrong, but he's my dad. And so I had to get past that. Hurt my feelings, but he wasn't about me, was it? No, he wasn't about me. So he says, everyone that's forsaken these things shall receive a hundredfold. So there's an upside. It's called an exponential lifestyle. There's, there's life, and then there's life to the overflow, the abundant life. And you can have any kind you want. You can have a lazy-daisy uh, life where you just, I want the max for the minimum. Well, you're not putting in much. You're certainly putting in the minimum. There's not max, much max for that. That's what I want. Just make sure I'm going to heaven. Just want to make sure my fire insurance policies, I'm going to heaven. There's lots and lots. I said lots of Christians like that, and they're satisfied. You can't do much with them except Dr. Cole says you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, but you can salt his oats. We're, we're in the oat salting business. <laughs> we're trying to be a, a light that shines, and they say, you know, I don't like the dark as much as I used to. We're, we're, we're salty. So they go, you know, I like that salty life. I like what you do and what you say and how that comes out. I like your confidence. I like your attitude. I like the, your humor in the midst of hard times. Where you're just like, ah, we pay no attention to that. Jesus is Lord. There's a way out of this. We'll just find it, and we'll just get out of this. 
where they're, they're just, they're all but, but caved in. That's who we are. That's what we do. And so there's an exponential life. He said a hundredfold, a hundredfold. Hundredfold literally means the maximum amount that can be done. We could go over there where Jesus uh, uh, multiplied the loaves and the fishes. Actually, the disciples multiplied them. Do you all remember that? He, he lifted up the, the, he blessed it, and then he gave it to the disciples, and they fed 5,000 men and their families, and then had left over more than what they started. That's an exponential lifestyle. Uh, uh, we, we didn't tell anybody we were out of groceries. I don't know how we got out of groceries, but we were, we were just starting out in the ministry in Seminole, Texas, and just everything was just barely, just barely. It was enough, but it was barely. And we, I don't know, I don't, want, I don't want to say we were the widow with just one can of beans, but we didn't have much at the house. It was lean. It was, we wasn't asking the sons, what do y'all want for lunch? <laughs> and one time we came out of the church, we never said a word to anybody, and there was all these groceries in the back of our little car. We'd sold our Suburban. God bless its soul. I love Suburbans. I love Tahoes. I love Yukons. I just love them. Back in that day. And so we sold it and took the money out of it because it was paid for and made the church payment and bought us a wrecked car that had been repainted and the paint was coming off. It was a Cavalier. Can you all imagine me in a Chevrolet Cavalier? But I was in one and didn't even mind because we were still in business. Let me tell you all a little side note before I go on that. River Church must survive at all costs. It don't matter what we've been through. It doesn't matter what's ahead. We must survive because at the end, the Lord needs us. He needs us now, but I'm telling you, we're, the devil's got a chokehold, and he thinks that we're gasping. <sighs> we're just wriggling out and going free. But anyway, someone brought us groceries, and I, we told the sons. Colin and Eric said, this is what Jesus does. Nobody ever owned up to it. Nobody ever said it was good groceries, too. It wasn't... Those dented and scratch cans, it was good stuff. And I'm just telling you, he's been faithful to me. And I can talk about him because he's been faithful at every level. When I was faithful and when I was a little goofy, I was a little like, oh, God. I've, I've had my ups and downs, not serious stuff, but where, have you all ever been where you wasn't hot? Everybody, you don't, don't lie. Say, yeah, I've been, I've been where I wasn't hot because we all have. But he was faithful through all of that, and it worked out just as well. Oh, I've got a good scripture. I can't, I just want to tell y'all, but it's 10 till 12. I, I told Deborah Ann, I said, we ought to be able to go to one o'clock with no Wednesday night. But uh, she advised, she, she took y'all's side. <laughs> I'd get out by 12. <laughs> I want to lay hands on you this morning. It's time for us to have our hands laid on us. I don't claim to have anything, but I claim to be a transmitter of him that has everything. And that's all I want to do is transmit. I'm not giving you of me. I'm giving you of him. And uh, I, I believe in it. Uh, I, you're anointed. I'm anointed. We're anointed. But there's a power. There's an ability. There's a grace that comes through the laying on of hands. I can't necessarily explain it. I can show you in the scriptures where it talks about it. And I can take you back to Haggai or Habakkuk, whichever one it is where it says that, that, that beams of light, beams of power came out of their hands. So I know this is true. And we all need something for this week to get into this stretch. We're fixing to start school. We're fixing to wind this thing up in a week or two. We're going to wind this thing up, and we're going to get down to business. I'm talking about ministry business. I've got books to write. I've got videos to post. I've got, uh, we got stuff coming about us. And, and having empty chairs here, listen, I've been acclimated where I don't care. They bother me none. I remember a pastor telling me, oh, he just wailed on the phone to me. He said, he said what am I going to do? And I said, what, what? He said, we only had 60 people this morning. I laughed him to scorn. I don't remember if he hung up or just got off, but uh, I laughed at him. The word says in Isaiah, in the, in the Amplified, that he hardens us to difficulty. I remember Debbie was in Russia, and she was having a hard time. You know, she was not pioneer stock. I don't know if y'all knew that. She was a lot of things, but not pioneer. And she, 
There was no toilet paper over there. You had to bring your own, and she wasn't dare going to waste her toilet paper because over there in the, in the bathrooms, they would take their used toilet paper, and they'd put it up on the shelf and let it dry out for the next person. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, y'all, y'all don't even, so, so little Debbie was not coping as well as some, you know. So, uh, so she took a sock out of her suitcase, and she, she's wiping it right there. And uh, somebody told her, says, well, in Isaiah 40-something or whatever, the, the word says, I will harden you to difficulty. And it just, it just, it's just like a, it's just like a vacuum cleaner that you'd been running with no cord, suddenly getting plugged in. And she just, and that's what we need. We need the life of God in us to harden us to difficulty. I've been hardened. Maybe there's something still out there. But I've experienced a lot, and I know you have too. I'm not saying I've done anything that y'all haven't done. I'm not touting that. I'm just the one speaking this morning. And I'm saying the Lord will get you through, and not only get you through, you'll be shinier when you get on the other side of this than you were before you started. And so we're not waiting for that day. We're just living every day like that. We're just saying that was yesterday was my least day. We will never touch that day again. We will never touch that day again. And when you get that in you and you, just, and you get somebody with you and says, I want you to agree with me, that we will never touch that day again. I'm not losing anybody else. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not running out of money anymore. I've run out of money and borrowed it and went into debt and all that stuff that all of us have probably done uh, for the church and personal. But I got in faith and he saved me out of it. And now I'm like looking back and saying, that was my least day. He saved me, and I'm going to need saving less. I'm going to go be somebody's saving. So, so uh, Barry, would, if you, uh, would you just play something? It just seems like uh, it'd be good. We're just, I just want to lay hands on you. However you want to go, this side over here, if y'all just walk through, let me lay hands on you. The Lord Jesus wants to do this this morning, so don't think I got something for you. I'm just, whatever he's got, he's going to put that. Garland, come up here. And let me lay hands on you, and y'all come up behind me. In the name of Jesus. I infuse life and life to the full, a fresh encouragement, a fresh vision. You're going to see things you've never seen and then see them in a way that you've never thought that they could be seen. And he's going to become real to you about your future. Your future is going to become crystal clear, Garland, and you're going to know the reason you're on earth. You're going to know the reason that you're where you're at, and you're going to see what Jesus wants to do for you. I lay hands on you, my brother. And I release you to the will of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Miss Annette, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, this is a life that has been in preparation for years. And Lord, I thank you. The fullness of your plan is about to pop open. And her desires have not gone in vain. Lord, you hear them and you heed them according to your will and your plan for her. I lay hands on her to be bold, to have courage, to do and to say and to do what is going to take her to the next step. I, I say to you, Miss Annette, go into the next room now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Miss Mildred, I speak to you and I speak to your mind. And I thank you, Lord, for the mind of Christ. And I in Jesus' name, an infusion of vigor and strength to come into your life, a knowing that you have not known. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Miss Lisa, praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your desires, your, your plans... <laughs> they have not been in vain, though you'd say, God, don't you hear me anymore? Don't you, don't you pay attention to me? What, what am I? What, what, why won't you? I'm telling you, they are working behind the scenes. Because when you ask for much, it takes a while sometimes to get the much. So you've asked some big things. And so you, you lay hold of the little things that are in front of you. The Lord will do all the impossible if you will do that which is possible. So I lay hands on you, my sister, to know the difference and to lay hold of the grace of God for your life. In Jesus' name, be powerful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Miss Pam, 
Praise God. In Jesus' name, the life of God is coming out of you like a wellspring, a fountain of life in you. In Jesus' name, and the Lord's giving you words to speak. Oh, you got plenty of words. We're not looking for more words, but he's going to give you a place to speak them. And you're going to measure your words. You're going to speak what the Lord says and nothing else. And it's going to change people's lives. So I release you to the kingdom. I release you to the life, the ministry life that Jesus has purposed for you at this time. Go and be brave in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Joy, I see a plan for you, a plan. And I, whatever you think about that or whatever you believe about that is really doesn't matter at all. The Lord has a plan for you, and I'll tell you, if you'll ask him about it, say, what did Pastor talk about? He will show you in a way that you can understand, and, you'll, and he'll say, I want you to take this one step. And when you do, the whole thing's going to unfold and open up. So I release you now in your life, in your body, and in your mind to do the will of God, which you've been created for. You've been in this church almost as long as anybody, since 98. And it is been a time of preparation, a time of observing, a time of, uh, of, uh, of measuring. And now is the time of release. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What is it that you want from the Lord, Ms. Madison? You're the only one I'm going to ask this. A greater understanding. Be it done unto you according to your faith, a wisdom that Solomon asked for, Lord, that I might know how to judge your people. So, Lord, I tell you, Madison has asked for a greater understanding. Fill her with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Lord, increase her in the knowledge of God. I release you to new doors, new opportunities. You're around people all day. But he's going to show you by putting a light on people's head that he that he's going to direct you to. You're going to know that you know they need what I've got, and it'll change them and turn them around. I release you to be bold, my sister. Bold. You're bold as a lion already, but somehow, some way, you think it's different. But I release you to be the bold that you are into the kingdom of God. Be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo-hoo. There goes God's wisdom right there. Hallelujah, Miss Darlene. You got lots of things, lots of things going on. Lots of, there's a little whirlwind going around you right now. Lots going on. Lots going job and your, your, yeah, all those things going on. Your money, your relationships, all those things. And the Lord says, settle down, settle down. Put me, don't, you can't ignore any of it, but take your mind off of all of it. And I'll show you the next step and it'll put everything in order and everything will settle. In Jesus' name, I release the anointing, the grace of God into my sister. (laughs) A great life, Lord. You've prepared her. You've selected her. You've called her out. And Lord, great is the day ahead for her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Miss Shanita. A light just walked up. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Lord says, you ain't seen nothing yet. And we, we, all this stuff, all this stuff, I don't know what the stuff is, but all this stuff is just a, uh, it's, it's a bushadere, bushy, like a dust storm. And it's blowing through. And when it gets through blowing through, hallelujah, and it's just, it's all but over. He's going to show you what to do. There is a great, great plan, and you have never seen it. You have never guessed it. You would never even let anybody say, what about this? But I tell you, the Lord's got plans for you, and they're none of them scary. They're on your frequency. They're on your wavelength. They're on your, they're on your terms. You're going to like what the Lord is about to do with you and through you. So I say strength and courage unto you, Miss Shanita. Be bold in the power in the Lord and the power of his might in Jesus name amen praise God all right mighty man in Jesus name I call you out Matthew Smith I call you out into a new life all that you are and then all that he has in Jesus name amen amen mm. woo-hoo, woo-hoo. 
I think you saw some things these last two or so weeks. You saw some things, some new things, and you're looking at what those might mean or where those might go. Some things that are like, wow, I don't know about that. I'm going to tell you, he's planted a seed in you, and it's, it's, it, there's a gestation, a, 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 uh, a process of uh, germination, that's the word, and you're going to really like how this thing's going to go. And it's you that got out of the boat. It, you were the one that got out of the boat, and I'm telling you, the waves are everywhere, but you're not going to sink. You're going to walk on the water the rest of your life, and you're going to be an encourager as you shout back at the boat and say, you boys and girls, get your sorry little carcasses out and get on the water with me, and you're going to, you're going to have a following in the sense of people are going to want to know, how do you do what you do? Be strong. I, I impart strength to you by the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, Barry Paul. Hallelujah. There's a pillar here. There's a pillar of life, a pillar of strength. Your faithfulness, your steadfastness has opened many doors, secularly and otherwise. But I'm telling you, that was the prelude. That was the opening act to that which is coming. There's going to be some doors open where you have a chance to speak for the Lord or to just not, not deny Him, certainly, but just say whatever. And I'm telling you, as you judge that in advance, you're going to have the words to speak. He's going to put words in your mouth, and it's going to change people, and it's going to change the course of your life in, in some dimension. Put you on a different... There's kind of... I see a little... Like like the, the girl in the phone says, you know, bear right, bear right at the next whatever. You're going to bear right, and it's going to cha- it's gonna put you on a new course. So I release him, Lord, to the fullness of your plan. All these things from so long ago to now, Lord, every part of it has a place in the future. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Come up here, Benjamin. Let me pray for you. You've never had me pray for you. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this man of God. We release him, Lord, to know the plan you have for him. Lord, there's so much he could do. But we ask you, Lord God, to give him a discernment, give him an understanding of what's the next step. There's so much around him going on, Lord. So we ask you to make it clear and plain so he'll know what to do. I ask you, Lord, for a hunger. We salt Ben's oats this morning, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to make him hungrier, all of us, all of us hungrier for the things of God. And Lord, I ask you, for eyes of understanding. He hears and he understands things that he's never even put in his mind before. He hears and he understands. I bless you now. Things are going to be better. They're going to go better for you. Problems and situations are going to just fall off. Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brother. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Amen. All right. And I bless you. Oh, I bless you, Miss Deborah. I love you, but the Lord loves you so much more. And you are, you have been fitted for such a time as this, just like Esther. You have been fitted into this situation. And you will, Ephragatabasi, cause many other things to work as you yield yourself to the working of the Lord. Then others will be turned loose. They will be, they will be, Ephragatabushidi, empowered to do their part because you chose to yield to Him and do your part. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, isn't Jesus wonderful? Hallelujah. Well, um, the scripture I got the other day is where in Haggai, where it, there's an admonishment against the people. It said, why are you boys living in your paneled houses and the house of the Lord goes in ruins? And we didn't do that. I mean, we spent seven grand and I'm sure there's a $2,000 loads bill out there and, and more. We're going to, you know, and all that. That means nothing. Y'all, y'all money is everywhere. Money is everywhere. I had a man send me a $9,600 check one time. Just just thought you would like to have a little blessing. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. We thought we was going to get a big blessing. 
Well, the bill came in the next week of some stuff that we didn't even know about, and it was there, right there. So he's got that for you. So let's just lift our hands and say, thank you, Lord, for being funded. The rest of this year, we're so funded, funded, funded in the church, funded at the home, funded to give, funded to live, funded, Lord. It is your will and it is your, your, your demonstration of your approval on our lives. We give you praise, Lord, for funding River Church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I love you. We love you. And we'll see you next Sunday. Didn't you always make fun of them churches that just...